uh, about, uh, thanks, Pastor, about what God did there. And he did a lot. Amen. Tonight, I want to uh, speak on a message I titled, The Word Revealed. The Word of God Revealed. And I'm finding out a lot of stuff that kind of frightening to me and explains a lot of what we see in Christianity today. People don't know the word. People don't know the word. Let me say this. Did you know Christians pray more than they read their Bible? They pray more than they read their Bibles. That's surprising. Only 8% of Americans read their Bibles once a week. It's not higher than that in the month, 9%. One time... 8%, 9% of Americans read the Bible one time in a week. That's frightening. That's frightening, right? So you see how Satan can easily come in. They said over 80, I think 82% of Americans believe God helps those who help themselves. That's in the Bible. One day I'm going to quote and turn to Ezekiah chapter 4, verse 5. And they'll start turning, looking for Ezekiah. He's not in the Bible. He just sounds like he's in the Bible. There is no book of Ezekiah. But they don't know. They don't know. No wonder the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. They don't know the word. They just don't know the word. For those of you that are here tonight, please, if that's part of your life, try to change. I was listening to a minister. I think they most likely have over 100,000 people in that congregation now. He said, I have no regrets. I have no regrets in my life. If I could go back and change the way I live, if there's only one thing I'll change, I will read the word more than I pray. <laughs> what do you mean? You read the word more than you pray. I'm not going to discriminate at you because this is very important. Notice what the Bible says in Joshua 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that is written in it. For then, only then, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Notice nothing was said about prayer. Nothing was said about prayer. To have good success spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, 
You need the word of God coming out of your mouth and you meditating in it day and night. That's what God said. It is the word. Nothing else. Jesus prayed to reveal the word. To share the word with people that would change people's life. It was the word. The word of God. You pray so God gives you light. The entrance into your world gives light. It's the word. God sent his word and his word healed them. Not prayer, yeah, that's important, that's contact with God. But it's the word. But we don't understand that. It's the word. Get to know the word and you get to know God. God and his word are one and the same. You can pray all you want, but if you don't read the word, you won't know God. Is the revelation of the word. Is the revelation of the word. It was the word made flesh that came to bring us salvation. Is the word. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. How can it not depart from your mouth when you don't even know what the word says? How are you going to speak something that you don't know? then if that's the case, you don't know the word, you can't speak the word, you don't meditate on the word. Notice he said, day and night. The word meditate is not to sit like they sit and ooh, what kind of stuff. That's not what it is. It's to speak it, mutter it to yourself, day and night. And that's what you see in David. The scriptures we read, David was just, the Lord is my shepherd. He was just speaking out words from his mouth. That's how we have good success. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, right? You shall ask what you will and it will be done. So the word before asking, right? The word before asking, it is all about the word. Now, if you read in Luke chapter 5, I want to start here. This is a series. I have a lot that I want to bring to the church. This is starting just this beginning. If you read in Luke chapter 5, beginning from verse 1, it says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. That's another word for the lake of Galilee. That's where Jesus was. But notice, the multitude pressed about not to see miracles. They were not there for miracles. They were pressing on Jesus just to hear the word. And in another place, they were at the door and he was speaking to them. They brought a man that was lame, four friends, brought him. But they were there not to see miracles, but to hear the word, the word of God. They wanted to hear the word. They sat down to listen to him preach, to hear his words. Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, all were preached in one day. And the people sat outside in the sun. Nobody wanted to leave. They were listening to the word. Matthew chapter 13. You know the scriptures. 
A sower went forth to sow, right? Those, those were his messages. They were listening and they sat there. Even though they didn't understand most of what he was saying, they sat to hear the word of God. Some people said, well, it was Jesus. If it was Jesus, I'll go there. You're lying. Have you seen videos of, videos of uh, Reinhard Bunke in Africa? Sea of heads, right? You look in as far as your eyes can see. That was just a man, right? He was here in Houston. I went there. Here in Houston, the same Reinhard Bunke. He was here in Houston. I don't think half of the, it was in a big place. Half of the place was in field. The same Reinhard Bunke. We had all the ads all over. What is going on? There is no hunger for the word. And that's what I pray every morning. God, give us hunger for your word. That's why people don't want to go to... I mean, there is no hunger. They came pressing on Jesus, and Jesus was turning around wondering what to do. I need to push away from them because they oppress him. He had to stay somewhere to be able to speak to them. They came to hear the word. It's the word that cleanses. It's the word that changes a man's life. It's the word... Nothing more but the Word of God. That's what changes things. The Word of God. They press hard. We need to develop a hunger for God's Word. If we have that, we've got it made. Because that's where you can, tr- where you can truly find peace. Because if you're not opening the Word, God can't speak much to you. You got nothing in common. You pray, but you don't have understanding of what you're praying. And sometimes you pray amiss. Because you don't know his will. You don't... Some woman said... If, uh, this was just some, uh, some uh, preacher saying. A woman said, well, my husband who is a multimillionaire, he died. And uh, I don't know if she... Has anything in his will for me? The other fellow said, why don't you read the will then? Read the will. This is God's will for us. And all of it is good. But, you know, God keeps these things in secret. It's the glory of the king, of God, to keep things in secret. And the glory of kings, you and I, to search it out. That's what the Bible says. We've got to search it out. You only obtain glory after you search out the word of God. Jesus said it's like a treasure hidden in the field, right? You go searching for it until you found it and it's so precious, you sell everything. So to get that, that's the way the kingdom works, is the word of God. I am praying that God will baptize people of the Ark Fellowship with such hunger for the Word. They want to be there. They want to study at home. They want to pray using the Word. It's just about the Word. That God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the Word. Ephesians chapter 1. God giving us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened. That we may know. How? Through the word of God. And once you know the word, fear goes. It ain't say through prayer, you will be free indeed. 
He says, you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. You pray all you want. If you don't know the truth, you won't be free. You'll be looking for somebody who knows the truth to help you to be free. It's all about the word. It's all about knowing what God says. That's what is important. They were pressing to hear the word of God. If you read in 1 Samuel, it says the word of God in the days of Eli. The word of God was cursed in those days, he said, before Samuel came along. And there were no open signs from God. Everything was silent, just normal life. That's not the way God wants us to live. When the word of God is cursed and the people don't know the word, nothing happens. Nothing miraculous happens. And if they are not interpreting God's word because they have no light, you see no miracles. Only through the word. That's what gives us confidence in him. And we got to search the word for ourselves. Jesus said, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have life. But they, the scriptures, they testify about me. So you want to find Jesus? Search the scriptures. That's what is important. These people, they were there this day. They forgot about everything. (laughs) Just to hear the word. You think they didn't have businesses to attend to? They did. It didn't matter. They had this young prophet. He's going to show them the way. And they wanted the way. They abandoned everything. They pressed on him. It was multitude. And Jesus, I'm going to read the scriptures. So Jesus stood by Gennesaret. And he saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. You know what fishermen? I need to tell you just quickly. Oh, that's Peter and Andrew, his brother, and James and his brother John, sons of Zebedee. Because they were just two boats, right? They, they were partners. You'll find out from the scriptures. They were partners in fishing. At this time, you want to understand scriptures, they've already met Jesus. They knew who Jesus was. They had been with him, but they had not truly committed to follow him. So they were fishing. And Jesus came by, and the multitudes came. They seen miracles. And this is how Jesus called uh, Peter and John and James and Andrew. uh, Jude, I I mean, uh, Luke actually expanded it so we can understand what's going on. Let's go to the scriptures here. It says, he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. You just don't go to the boat of a stranger, right? (laughs) He knew the guy. So he went into his boat, Simon, uh, and asked him to push out a little from the land. They know each other. Push it out. And he says, okay, I'll push it out. You can preach. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. In other words, go catch some fish. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, 
we have told all night. That means they were not with Jesus this time. Okay, they were out there fishing and caught nothing. So he knew to call him master. He's seen something before. Amen. We've told all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, nevertheless, at your word, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And notice they, not just Simon and Andrew, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners. That's what I mean, their partners in business, okay? In the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Good word here. You know where Peter got it? At your word. We've done all of that, Master. He was an expert fisherman. They toiled all night. He knew they caught nothing. And they were right by the shore. It was daybreak. There's nothing. It's not going to work. But see, Peter had seen something before. You know when? You can go to John chapter 2, when Jesus turned water into wine. Remember? And Jesus said to those servants, and Peter was sitting there, you go fresh water, okay? Put it in here. And though he was going to argue with Jesus, but he remembered, uh-uh, you don't do that. He told you, I remember, okay, I'm, I'm really leaning on my understanding and what I know, I shouldn't be doing this. It doesn't make sense, but I was in that place when you sent those boys, okay? And I'll do it. Because you said so. At your word, I will do it. And then when he did that, they, 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 they had so many fish, you know, in my mind, Jesus had said, you cast some, and every fish in that, that lake, oh, see, they were saying, I heard, I'm going into the net, you die, I don't care. The master said, they were all rushing to get into that net. Okay? <laughs> That's the way I feel. I got to get there first. Every fish. I'm going to get caught. The master is giving his word. May God give you a word. Amen. To cast something good. Amen. But the key thing is this. When God tells you to do something, don't argue with it. Even if it doesn't make sense to you. Don't try to determine how it's going to happen. Don't lean on your own understanding. This is the revelation of the word. When he tells you, he's, most of the time, is going to be contrary to what you know in the natural. Contrary. And yet God has spoken. Peter knew the truth. At your word, I'll do just that. Even though it doesn't make sense to me, at your word, I will do it. Before I move on to this, every time you give out something to help the Lord in the gospel, you never lose. You never lose. Even if it's to you, it means nothing. Peter could care less about Giving his boat to Jesus. What's the big deal? We're not fishing. You can have it. 
preach for me. But God will not take anything from you without giving it back to you. Never. Let's learn from the word. You can't outgive God. Even if it's insignificant to you. He knew what they needed. He knew that they had feast all night long. Peter never argued willingly, yeah, you can have it. Sit on it and preach. It cost him nothing. But when you give something to help God with the ministry, with the gospel, you can never do it without you being rewarded. It's just not possible. And so as soon as Jesus got through preaching, he said to him, now it's your time for you to be rewarded for letting me sit in your boat. But to Peter, it was not. Many of us say, well, I just gave it. It doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, it may not mean anything to you. But when God sees it and you give it willingly, with a joyful heart, you're going to get your reward. That if you don't know the scriptures, you're not looking for your reward. You got to believe what God says. So that's very important. At your word. But you have to know what word he has spoken to you. How can you obey if you don't know what God's saying? That's what's happening in America. There's the argument today if this is right or if that's right. Well, you haven't read the word. It's the word that cleanses. It's the word that gives us revelation. It's the word that makes things clear to us so that we can do what is right before, for, before him. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. I've often said there, speak the word. Say it out from your mouth. Hear it. It's better. That's what David did. David never stood, uh, you know, stood up or sat down in his house and said, well, today I want to write the Bible. No. He was just speaking. He was the king. There were scribes. You heard the word scribes and Pharisees. The scribes, they wrote down everything that was going on. David was the king. He was speaking, same thing with Solomon. They spoke and the people wrote. And that's how we have the word of God. Psalm 91, that's David speaking. I will say of the Lord, right? You got to speak the word. But you have to have the word to speak. Pray the scriptures. Years ago, I, that, I think it was from Kenneth Hagin. He says, pray, pray um, Ephesians chapter 1. I never cease to pray for you. That God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. I said, I got a formula here now. And I started praying that scripture. I, I, just, I read it after a while. And then after a while, you really knew it and you can say it. And I didn't have to go back to the Bible anymore. I knew it. I didn't memorize it. I just know it. Because I've spoken it so often. What's that, what's that going to do to me? for me? I don't know. But I've noticed as I prayed in tongues and started reading those, I can connect things in Scripture. Amen? I can see, just look at something and God, the, the Holy Spirit starts showing, you see that? You see that? And I can put them together. And once you know the truth, you're free. Nobody can hold you down. I used to be scared of demons. 
And, and I've said this here before, used to be so scared of because they tormented me. I mean, I was a Christian, I spoke in tongues, and they still were coming in my room and tormenting me. And I was crying out to God, what's going on? And just one word from God. One, one night, I had this demon because it's like a shadow comes over you. And you, you, you can't move your toe even if you try. I mean, maybe it's happened to you, maybe not. But you couldn't move your, your toe or your leg. You can't move your hand. You can't even say a word. I want to say Jesus and the words will not come out. That shadow over me from home, I knew that was a demon. And I said, God, what do you have to do to get rid of this stuff? When I read the scriptures, and then one day I was crying out to God, and God said to me, it's just a baby demon. I mean, (laughs) a small demon that's running. He's standing in your room, because now I was on my knees crying out to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, blood of Jesus, all of that. When you don't have understanding, the demon says, I got him now. I got him good. He's crying out. It wasn't working. But once I got that understanding that it was just a, uh, just a demon, I said, come back here. There's nobody in the room. Stand right there. But I couldn't see anybody. But in my mind, that little demon was shaking, you know. And I said, you don't do this to me anymore. And I said, I'm a prince. I belong to the Lord. They used to do that almost every, it's like almost every week I was tormented. Never. He stopped. Totally stopped. And I'm not scared of them. They can come into one room. I've said it here before. Once I understood that God has given me authority over demons, people talk about a demon moving stuff in the room and stuff like that, and the Christians will get all and start anointing the room and, and pour the oil. The demon says, I got him now. <laughs> he's anointing. If you don't have understanding of the word, he's, that means nothing to him. But once you know the truth, the, tr- the truth is what sets you free. He knows you're doing it on purpose and you know what you're doing. And he's going to respect that. So we, don't, we, don't, we lose our fear of it. Now, there was another man that had the understanding of how the world works. And that was the, the um, centurion who came to Jesus asking for his servant to be healed. The Bible, this is in Matthew, but in Luke, Luke explained to us, he loved this servant. That was his servant. It wasn't his child, but he had authority over his servant. He truly loved his servant, and the servant was sick. According to Luke, I believe in Luke chapter 5, the servant was dying, and he was desperate. So he, he talked to some Jews. He wouldn't even go to Jesus. In Matthew, it seems like he went to Jesus, but he was away because he had been good to the Jews and actually built a synagogue for them. He believed in their God. And this young Messiah, this young preacher, he knew there's something about him. He is the Son of God, even though he was a Gentile. He knew that's something special. He had the Word. Amen? He was the Word. He understood that. And he knew how words work. He understood that. But he wouldn't go to Jesus. And he said to those people, tell him for me. And they begged Jesus, said, look, he's worthy for you to do this for. You got to do this for him. And guess what? Messiah said, yes, I'll do it. And he actually said, okay, I'll go to his house and do it. 
That's an amazing thing. When you have faith in the word, even Jesus, knowing the tradition, if you read in, in, um, in Acts chapter 10, Peter went to Cornelius' home. The first thing he said, you know how wrong it is for a Jew to enter into a Gentile's home. Jesus was going straight to a Gentile's home. Rabbi, he could care less. Faith pulls God. Amen? Faith. He was going to go. And that was good enough. But when the man said, I am a man under authority. I understand authority. This missing in the church today, Christians don't understand authority anymore. He was a young rabbi, right? I know today we know he was the son of God, but they didn't see that. All they knew was a prophet. That's all they thought. Amen? He said, I understand authority. You don't have to come under my roof. Don't cause any controversy for coming into my I'm not even worried to have you come into my room. Just speak the word. It's the same word. I'm sure he had read the word, okay? Because he, want, he wanted to be part of the Jewish life. He was a believer. Even though he was a Gentile and a centurion, he was a believer. He knew the word, and he knew how the word works. And he says, Jesus, you don't have to come, just speak the word. Speak the word. And Jesus like, how did this Gentile got in, get into this secret? How? No Jew has understood the word of God like this. Where did he get this from? He said, no, I have not seen this. No, not in Israel. You know what he's saying? From Abraham's time all the way. Nobody's gotten a hold of this understanding that when God speaks, things change. For us, both say, Jesus, put your hand here. I want to feel it. That's what we, that's what we want. But the guy knew the word is Number one is the word. That's what changes things. Until you go into the word, nothing changes. You'll be praying for years and nothing will change. But the day God gives you revelation, you pray for five minutes and everything changes. Once you know the word. And that's why I believe Satan is fighting Christians so that we don't give time to study the word. People even avoid going to church. Yeah, it's boring. <laughs> no, you don't have understanding. I don't care who is speaking. I want to hear the word. Amen. I want to hear the word. I, I've been listening to Angela talk to me, and then she says something, and boy, the light goes off. Wow, that's wonderful. And she's telling me one thing, and the Holy Spirit's taking me somewhere else. And even my children. That's how important this is. He's so dynamic. We have to understand, present yourself before the word. I remember Jesus said to Peter, Peter was saying, just wash me clean. Wash my head. If I don't have a part in you, not just my feet, everything. Jesus said to him, very sternly, you don't need that. You are clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. The Peter knew he had been clean. He had no idea. 
Just sitting in the presence of the Word cleanses you. Just sitting in God's presence heals your body. Makes you holy before God. Just sitting in His very presence. That's why the Bible says, in His presence, His fullness of joy. Just His presence alone. As you hear the word, you are being washed, you are being healed, and God's touching your life. And when you gain understanding, it's never taken away from you. It's a gift. Remember the Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. They are irrevocable. When God gives you a gift and understanding, you get it. He stays with you for life. I speak in tongues. I can speak in tongues anytime. If you, while I'm sleeping, if you did this and say, good luck, can we speak in tongues? Instantly, I join you. It's my gift. Amen. I do it anytime. God's giving that to me. Amen. God wants that. God has told us so many times how important the word is. But we are not able to grasp it. And I've said this here. But just read Genesis and you can immediately, it jumps out at you. If you read, God's just trying to tell you how important the word is. And God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. And it's the same God that's speaking to you from the word. The world, the universe responded when God spoke. Your body will respond when God speaks. It's the same God. You say what God says in his name as, it's as if he is saying it because you are saying it in his name. And it will work just like he is saying it himself. That's what brings change. That's what transforms our lives. Romans chapter 10. The word is near you. Even in your mouth and in your heart is the word of faith that we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth, but you got to know what to confess. Let me say this. Whatever problem, this is the revelation of God's word. When God spoke to the earth to bring forth animals, right? Creatures. Did the sea respond? Did the sea respond? No. He was speaking to the earth. When God commanded the firmament, the sky, for light, the earth didn't respond. Whatever God's speaking to, that's what's going to respond. You're dealing with finances? Go find the word of God that speaks to finances. I speak those words. You're dealing with financial problems. That's what to do. He has the word speaks about everything that's about life. If you're sick, find the word that speaks about healing and speak them in his name. And it will be as if he is the one speaking. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> If, 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 if I want to talk to somebody, I can say, uh, Lauren, uh, could you please tell Linda to come, come and see me? I want to talk to her. So he goes to Linda in my name, right? 
he said, she's not responding to him. She's responding to, right? <laughs> so when you speak in God's name, they're not responding to you. Guess who they're responding to? Him. Him. That's what it means in my name. In my name. When you speak to that mountain in my name and you believe that's what connects you to him, then it's done. But you got to know that from the word. Amen? It's so important. Whatever the area is, if it's your kids having problems, look for Isaiah 54. It says, great shall be the peace of your children. And you start speaking on that. God said in that Isaiah 54, I will be your children's teacher. He has evening lesson for them. And he has afternoon lesson for them. And good morning lesson for them. And boy, they will be smart. But you got to believe it. You have to know he's there in the word of God. And you speak it over them. And it says in the word, great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness, you will be established. And it says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that's risen up against you in judgment, they're trying to put you down. Cancel them. And when you cancel them in his name, it's done. You don't have to think about it anymore. In his name, it's poof. It's gone. Imagine I tell the bad dream. Uh, Bad dream, I don't know where you came from. But I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, you will never see one day of manifestation in this natural life. I cancel you. If you ask me in the evening what I dreamt, I've forgotten. He's gone. Poof. Amen? In his name. In his name. Not in our own authority, but in his. He is the word of God. In Revelation chapter 19, in verse 11, it says, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold a white horse. That horse is white because uh, the conquering horse. Amen? (laughs) Yes. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. Can you say that with me? Faithful and true. He's not only true, but he's faithful. Grace and truth came through our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful and true. Notice, he is called that. Right? If somebody calls you good luck, you're not going to respond, right? That's not your name. When you call God faithful, he says, what do you want? He is faithful. That's who he is. And he's true. If you deal in lies, he can't do business with you. But when you deal in the truth, you do business with them. Amen? You have to find out the truth. That's why you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. He is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, notice, in righteousness he judges and makes war. He's a real, he can go to war. The Bible calls him the man of war. Amen? He's strong and mighty. His eyes were like a flame of fire. Meaning he can see through everything. You can't hide anything from him. He sees through everything. And on his head were many crowns. 
I started thinking, what does that mean? Mini crowds. And I finally, this word came to me. You can accept it. Or he, he has crown over everything. If it's your finances, he's the king. Okay? If it's your children, he has that crown also. You can go to him. He's the king. He makes judgments and he makes war against anything that comes against that your finances. He is the king. Amen? Your relationships, he's still the king. He has that crown. He's the ultimate one. He's the king. The king of kings. Many crowns. He, ha- he had a name. Notice the word. Had. He had a name. Written that no one knew except himself. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret thing belongs to the Lord our God. The secret thing belongs to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed, they belong to us and our children forever. They are our inheritance. He has a name that only himself knows. bear. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood. So you know who we're talking about. And his name is called, he has a secret name, but then he has a name. His name is called what? The Word of God. The Word of God. We have to understand that. He is the Word of God. And that blood, His name, that's war for the enemy. And He always will win. That's the one that we're dealing with. He is called the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the word was God. John 1. But you go to verse 14. And the word became flesh. And he dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. He is the word of God that is dwelling with us. Amen. When you have his word dwelling in you. It's as if the Father himself is living with you. You think uh, uh, somebody, you know, I've seen, I've, seen oh, I've shown a video, I don't know if I showed it here, but this uh, fellow that came to try to, to uh, with a gun into a uh, shop, there was a lady there, and he says, woman, give me all the money. And she said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. He says, woman, I'm not playing, I'm going to shoot you. I'm, I'm telling you, she, she worked, she, it's an amazing thing. She walked even closer to him with the gun pointed and said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. He turned around and took off. But if you don't know the word, because she knew the word, amen? And she knew who she was. If you don't know the word, yes, yes, the same. Take all the money. Just don't kill me. Do you think somebody will walk into a place where Jesus is doing business with a gun and he says, Jesus, give me the money or you die? I am the vine, and who are you? You're the same. Stand up with me tonight. Let God reveal to us who we are in Him. That way, there's a scripture that God that is just burning in my heart from Deuteronomy. God said, "Because you don't serve me with joy and gladness, you have curses on your life." When you're concerned about everything and God is out of the picture in your mind, your heart will fall 
and you'll be grieving even though you are worshiping God he's still not pleased with that because if you trust him be anxious for nothing right you can't be anxious if you're anxious about something in life and you don't pass it over cast your cares upon him because what he cares for you he's out of the picture and you are on your own we don't want that amen we, no, there's no problem that God cannot handle. All of us have issues. We wake up every morning to deal with problems. But thank God we are never alone. Even if it seems as if we are going down. Remember Joseph, okay? Remember Joseph. All things work together for good. Let that be your life. Amen? And no matter what's going on. Is going to be okay. And if that comes out of your mouth and God hears it, the angels will hear it also. And guess who else? The demons hear it also. And they say, how does he know? Say, all things work together for good. Amen? Let's lift our hands up to the Lord and be encouraged tonight. No matter what problem you're dealing with, God can solve that problem. No matter what confusion is coming to your situation, God can unravel it and show you the way. He leads you in the paths of righteousness because you are called by His name for His name's sake. That's why you're going through. It may be a difficult path, but God is with you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? What can be against you? Nothing. So we should rejoice and serve God with gladness of heart. Joy and gladness of heart. If you're sad tonight, give that up. Give it up. Say, God, I'm giving up my sadness. I'm not sad. I got the problem. But you're bigger than my problem. I refuse to be down, to feel down because of that problem. You have taken and passing them over to you. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Enter into his rest tonight because the Lord God, he is here with us today. We are more than two here tonight. And he said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Talk to him, give him your problems and rejoice tonight. Tell God, I'm going to be joyful. If you don't feel like it, act like it. Because it's true. Amen. Act like it. It's true. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God. Your word can never return to you void. We have no reason to be afraid of anything. We have God on our side. And Father, we are grateful. We are not like orphans. All our needs are met. You said you've given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You've blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And we are seated with you at the right hand of the Father. Far above every principality, all powers, dominion, might, they are under our feet. And we give you praise tonight in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Tell somebody, I'm rejoicing in God.